Jim Shoemaker is a registered representative and investment advisor representative of Securian Financial Services Incorporated. Securities dealer, member FINRA SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Rob Clement is a registered representative of Securian Financial Services Incorporated. Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated. You're listening to Talk Money, helping you make the most of your money. Now, your host, Jim Shoemaker. Welcome back. I'm Jim Shoemaker, and we're talking about uh, some issues with two great guests today. We're talking about, literally, some of the thoughts about what do you do to survive a financial meltdown, especially if you're retired, senior citizen, maybe you're uh, working with your 401k, and all of the noise that's going on. We're going to talk with Rob Clement about that, but he's also going to kind of talk with Daniel Irwin, who's here from the Better Business Bureau. He is the Director of Public Relations, a frequent guest of ours, does a great job talking about scams. And we're going to kind of wrap this into talking to those people that you either know someone or you are someone that is uh, subject or possibly subject to a scam or all the fear of listening to the news and getting caught up in that and how you end up making decisions. Well, these two guys do a great job. Welcome to the program. Thanks for having me. There Jim, you go. good to be here with you. All right, guys, here we are. Now, listen, I, I want to start, and I think, think, Rob, I want to kind of dive in with you a little bit because uh, the reality is this idea behind how do you survive a financial meltdown? I, I was talking recently uh, some history notes about just history, and history is a great lesson for us. And if you just go back and look in history, there's been, quote unquote, financial meltdowns. I threw my pen at you then, I'm sorry. Uh, financial meltdowns. And the reality is, let's just look at January 1973. And now I know Remember where I was. Well. And, I, and well. let's start, uh, Daniel's over going, where was I at 73? Doesn't have a clue. Wasn't born we're... yet. <laughs> That's right. But the reality, 1973, in October 1974, okay, it's January, that was a very, very big time in history. Watergate. Okay, you remember that? What was going on with Watergate? OPEC, the oil, you know, embargo. I mean, we're talking about two-hour lines to get gas at that point. Well, the market dropped 48% during that period of time, 48%. The second time I think about in history is March of 2000 to October of 2000. Again, a 49% drop. And, of course, most of us remember that has to do with Y2K, Everybody, the dot-com bubble, and, of course, the biggie, 9-11 attack. And literally, boy, that's those are crisis. That's a real crisis. You know what? 49% drop, I would have felt like a meltdown. And then the third one is most recent to us because we look at it as the Great Recession, March of 2007 to March of 2009. The Dow down, I mean, the S&P down 57% of the – so there's three – periods that we've seen that have, the market has dropped 50% almost in, in two cases and then over 50%. That's the world credit crisis that we saw in, in 08, 09, or 07, 08. Reality is, though, we survived, Rob. So how would you describe this idea behind surviving? I mean, it is so easy to get caught up and get to so concerned. I mean, if if all I'm doing during the day is listening to everybody talk about their problems, I begin to own their problems. And that's a great place to start, Jim, because right now, the biggest thing that people face is what was their influence about money when they were young? And that follows us throughout life. 
we may have been born around the 70s or beginning to get out of college at that time. Any of those timelines that you just mentioned, it's all about what was influencing you. So now how does that help us work through this time right now? We have to turn off all the noise. We are watching TV or we're on our phone or we're watching the what's on the computer and we're watching the ticker do this or we're listening to somebody else talk about his or her own experiences. We need just to turn those things down and be reasonably wise as we go through these times. So it's a matter of turning the noise down. Turning the noise down is much easier said than done. And that's why we have so many people that want to have something, they want to do something, or what they want to be something. So we have to stop and say, okay, wait a minute. Do I really need to have this? Do I really need to do this? And really, do I want to be this type of person that maybe it's driving a particular vehicle or whatever it might be? So you have to stop and get back to the reality of what is it in my world? How do I live in my world? I think that is critical, especially as we talk, are talking about, you know, dealing with this in a real real world. You exactly. said my world, but the real world. Daniel, I want to ask you this because I've been listening all day. Just, just play with me for a second. I've been listening all day to the news. I, I didn't go out and, and go shopping today. I didn't have time to go exercise. It was a bad. It was rainy day. So I'm listening, I'm listening, I'm listening, and I get a call. And that's the call that we want you to talk about. Well, you know, yeah, you, you were talking about the noise. Some of the noise you have to filter out is all those scam calls, yeah. right? All those calls that you're going to get. We're not the only ones listening to the news. Um, <laughs> you know, the scammers are out there. Uh, bad actors are out there. They're listening to the same news we are, and they're using that news against you to, to take your money so and here, to take your personal information. So here I am. I'm listening to the news, and I've talked, I mean, I see the lines at the gas station. I see gas is now over $400, $400, 40 Four dollars. It seems like four. It, it feels like it. Maybe it? that was just an oxymoron. Maybe <laughs> that I'm thinking. I don't know. But I mean, it feels like it. But the reality: food and gas prices, and that's what everybody's talking about. I mean, I just was reading that somebody was going to come out of retirement. The Great Resignation Group is coming out of retirement because they're fear inflation, and all of a sudden, they there's this idea. And I know you talked about this, but I want you to kind of dive in. Government scams. Yeah, one of the biggest scams that hit our area really hard and where not only do they hit the area, but people lose money to it is what's called a government grant scam. And it's been around for years. There are different variations of it, but it's really coming around with a vengeance this time. And the pitch that the scammers are using directly involves inflation and the rising, not only rising costs of food, but of gas. And so they're, they're targeting this, this fake senior grant uh, or this, this fake grant to seniors. And they're, they're using, again, they're using the pitch. It's to help you fight inflation, right? It's to give you money in your pocket because see, a lot of seniors have fixed incomes. And so, you know, their money doesn't go up, but the price of goods go up. So they're, they're offering these fake grants, you know, specifically for that. And, Rob, uh, and they're and they're not real. They're fake. And they and and what happens is is they're inundated with 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 all the news. And so you know they hear different programs that might be going on in the government. And so that gives credence to these scammers and gives them credibility. And so you know they they have all sorts of ways to fake you to to, to make you think that it's a real grant and it's just not. But that's what the scammers are doing. And that's Rob. Where you're talking about in the real world that they're they're. they're watching, listening to the news, the, 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 the iPhone, everything, all the stuff that's going on there. 
What do you talk about with your people, that clients and people that you work with, Rob? Because I know you talk about something called accept reality. Accept. I mean, that's, that's a big deal. Right, yeah. And the accept reality is just to really sit back and stop and determine where you are financially. Do not start to want, you know, the have-dos and bees that happen. And what I ask them is when you begin to get really impatient, give me a call. Tell me what's going on with you, and let's talk it through. Whether it's you've getting a, an idea that, hey, I want to do this with my money. And, uh, and I've seen recently, Jim, uh, very wise people, uh, maybe they've just stepped into retirement, this particular person I'm thinking about, and they get a call that, hey, I think I, uh, I could use your help on something, and they are falling for that individual that says, I need your help, and next thing you know, they call me, and they're upset to the point of tears, and the fact is that they've fallen for this, and they've seen money go out of their account because they've given personal information to a scammer. Mm. And it is just tragic how that can happen. These are people that you would say would be the least likely to give information out. Well, that's what I wanted. To, Daniel, talk about, I mean, I know you you have an example of that. Yeah, and you know, I just, real quick, it doesn't matter how smart you are. It doesn't matter how much money you have. It doesn't matter what, you know... It, it, you're not stupid if you fall for a scam. You know, you get inundated with these calls all day long. And, you know, again, they're using the news. They're using current events. Um, you can do everything right and you can follow all of our advice and you can still fall for something. It's a crime, right? It's just like you can park in, the, in, in, in a lighted area and you can park, you know, you can pay money to park downtown in the best area of town and you can still get your car broken into. You've done nothing wrong. You're the victim of a crime. And that's how we have to start looking at these scams, right? It's a crime. Um, it just real quick, you know, these government grant scams are really bad. They, they, they pretend to be actual government officials. Sometimes they make up government names or government agencies, but usually they use uh, the Department of Health and Human Services. And um, we've had a whole bunch of reports locally of people losing money to this scam. A couple quick examples. A Memphis senior was contacted on Facebook Messenger by someone posing to be an agent from the Department of Human Services. It, it wasn't an agent of the human, of Department of Human Services. Uh, real quick, the government doesn't reach out to you on social media. That should be red flag number one. But again, these grants are targeted to seniors and a lot of seniors don't understand social media rules and don't understand that that's not a legitimate way that a government agency is going to reach out to you. And this scammer asked her if she had received her money from DHS to help with the rising cost of goods and gas. And it came from one of her friends. One of her friends had been hacked on Facebook. And so what happened was she was getting these messages from someone who claimed to be a government agent. And then she was also getting messages from her friends, who at least who she thought were her friends, really were, were they had been hacked. And so they were telling her they'd received this grant. And it was, she ended up losing $1,200 trying to get a $50,000 grant for, for, for seniors. Um, and she paid by gift card in a, in a format that she can't get her money back. Because when you pay with gift card, you've lost that money. All right, let me ask you this. Okay, and I heard that, and I'm thinking, okay, what are what would you say, Daniel? And Rob, you can because you do this all the time too. What would you say? 
are the are the signs that anybody that gets a, you said phone call you know I know you know scammers are not throwing away the phone there right but the iPhones I mean you know the phones and media what do you tell them anytime you are approached any any if you didn't any unsolicited communication if it claims to be from the government or it claims to be someone to give you money you should just sit back and just think about it take a deep breath take a deep breath contact him, contact your advisor, you know, tell somebody because one of the tactics that these scammers will use is they'll tell you, oh, you can't tell anybody, you know, not everybody's eligible for this. Make sure you don't tell anybody. You can't tell your friends yet until you get your money, you know, so they try to isolate you. So the number one thing you can do is talk to someone about it. Talk to a family member, talk to an advisor, talk to a friend, talk to your grandkids. Talk to about a business bureau. Yeah. Give us a call. We, we feel calls all day long about this. Um, but, you know, it's really important to just talk about it because the more that you sit back, take a breath, talk about, talk through it, you'll start to see the red flags. You'll realize things like the government's not going to reach out over social media. You'll realize that, you know, grants aren't just given out that way, right? Grant writing is a skill. Not just anybody can write a grant. It takes a lot of back and forth and a lot of red tape. The government just doesn't give $50,000, right? And the other big red flag would be, why would you have to pay $1,200 to get a $50,000 grant? It's not, it's not a free grant if you have to pay for it, right? And then unusual payment methods. There's no government agency that is legitimately going to take payment via gift card, Bitcoin, wire transfer, or something like that. And you know, nine times out of 10, you can tell something's fake by looking at the payment method. But you have to, you have to take a breath and sit back and detach yourself from the situation to see the red flags. I think what you said, though, and Rob, I wanted to lean in with you, is, is seek advice. Don't, don't just try to do this on your own. Right. And, and I, when a person's trying to be independent, living at home, Maybe they've got the caregiver or something. I want to talk a little bit about that. But the reality is they're doing the best they can, and they don't want to bother their family right. or they don't want to, as you said it, they don't want to look stupid or whatever. And I understand that. That's really critical from that standpoint. Well, it comes to the old thing that you tell children. If somebody approaches you, you go, I'm going to go talk to my daddy or I'm going to go talk to my mommy. You do the same thing as you go through life. You, you just warn them in a way that says, hey, I'm a, I have someone I need to talk to about that. Thanks for your call or thanks for the information, but I'm going to talk to somebody. Now, it may be your financial advisor or maybe just a trusted neighbor or a contact, but you do send that person thinking away because they're not going to try to pursue you as nearly as much as all of a sudden you go, oh, yeah, tell me more about how I do that. So you just tell them, hey, I'm going to go talk to my daddy or my mommy. Mm -hmm. which that's could a, be an advisor or good someone that's a closest contact. If you just tuned in, my guest, Daniel Irwin with the Better, Better Business Bureau and Rob Clement with Shoemaker Financial, we're talking about literally how to, how do you manage around a meltdown, the crisis, the noise, all the stuff that's going on, and also manage the scams that come along with it. I mean, one of them, Daniel, you mentioned debt collection. I mean, here I have, all of a sudden, I've been doing okay, managing my debt, and all of a sudden, because my fixed income is, has been good, but now, because of inflation and the prices of oil and gas and the prices of food, I feel kind of crunched. What about debt collection? Well, you know, we've seen a big rise in debt, phony debt collection scams. And one of the reasons is, is there's been recent changes to the Fair Debt Collections Practice Act. And for just, a, just for reference, the Fair Debt Collection Practice Act 
It was an act that was passed in 1977, and it prohibits harassing, abusive, and unfair debt collection practices. Harassment and abuse. Correct. And previously, uh, you could only it didn't it didn't um, you weren't allowed to use social media as as a way a legitimate way of collecting. So if you got uh, a text message or you got an email or you got uh, a social media message from someone who proposed to be a debt collector, you knew it was a scam off the top because they were not allowed to use those methods. Well. Now that the, the, the law has changed, and so debt collectors are allowed to use social media and text messages to contact you. Well, with all the confusion surrounding that, scammers are using mm. that too. So with that, we've seen just a, a, an astronomical rise in reports of, of debt collection scams. You know, the fear I have is that lady that, you know, lives behind you, you know, or down the street from you, somebody you know. But they're not, they're not picking up the phone. They're not calling. Rob, you actually have a good example of that. Someone that, you know, was a part of that. And, and, and I think it's so important to realize that it wasn't just a debt scam. It was somebody, the trusted person in the house. That's right. It's, it's so important also just to make sure you have not only that person that comes in your house that takes care of you, but you have another person you can turn to and that in itself helps alleviate some of that issue where someone can take uh, advantage of you physically or they could take advantage of you financially. But I know for sure uh, that I've seen it happen. I've seen it happen uh, within my own family. I've seen that happen. So you have to be careful about how you handle people that, uh, that may think that, oh, I'm a, I'm a nice guy. And, uh, and you just can't turn around and always trust everybody. That's a good point. Daniel, I know sometimes you tell me that really it's that trusted friend that, that is the one that's uh, maybe not a scam, but abuse. Right. Well, you know, what one of the things that, you know, we think about when we think of scams, usually we talk about, you know, those phone calls and stuff like that. But, you know, scams happen locally too, right? And it's usually a trust, someone you trust that's trying to steal from you, mm. especially in, in situations where, uh, you know, you, you think of elder abuse and not just abuse in terms of physical abuse, but financial abuse. You know, usually when you when you hear stories about someone stealing money from, from an elderly person over a long period of time, it's a family friend, it's a relative, or it's a trusted caregiver. Uh, a lot of times we find that caregivers are the ones that are actually, you know, stealing the money. And so um, it's really important for us as a community to reach to reach out and to, and to look out for our neighbors, look out for our seniors, um, you know, because I, I think one of the, the main things is just knowing that that someone else is looking out can be a deterrent. Right. If you're present in someone's life enough to make it a point to introduce yourself to that caregiver. Right. To let them know that, hey, I'm watching you know, I'm watching. I think that goes a long way. I think that's so critical. I like what you said. It's a part of our responsibility in our neighborhood. If you go back 100 years ago, this was not a problem because there was that community that connected pretty. But today, we almost saw that, I call it that garage door group. They pull into the garage door, it comes down, and they're done. And the reality is uh, we need to be sensitive. If, you, if you're listening and you think, well, I'm not involved. I'm not an older person. I'm 50 or 45 or 25. I don't have to deal with that. Well, maybe you have a, an uncle, an aunt, a parent. Maybe it's somebody that you, you know, a next-door neighbor, somebody down the street. It's somebody that you can say, you know, I'm going to be sensitive to that need 
to assist them, not only from a financial standpoint, assist them with looking for financial abuse, but physical abuse. I can remember working with someone one time and noticed that they had severe bruises on their arm where they were being picked up, not lightly, but severely. And it was a problem. And so we talked about it and found out there was a little bit of what we call financial, not financial, excuse me, physical abuse and dug a little deeper and actually found some financial abuse. Not bad, fortunately, but the potential was big there. So just paying attention. Yeah. Daniel made a great point about those uh, people that sometimes are the ones that the particular senior trusts the most, which is a caregiver. So, uh, what we try to do is encourage people uh, that are neighbors, like you said, Jim, just to call and say, hey, I want to talk to the caregiver a minute. Let the caregiver let you, you're letting them know that you're watching. And, hey, I, I want to drop by a, a dish of meal or something for this particular individual just to say hello to Mr. or Miss such and, and ask such. questions. That's right. That's and when you're there, you go, oh, yeah, where, where are they right now? Because a lot of times... You only see the caregiver. So you ask, well, where is Mr. and Ms. Such and Such? So always probe deeper. All right. We tar- we started talking about this, and, and I'll go with you, Daniel, in just a second. But we started talking about this because of all the crisis. Right. And the reality that inflation is taking off. Food costs more. Gasoline costs more. We, we're, we're listening to the news, the emotions and stuff. Daniel, what do you see? What would you say to the people listening? We only got a few minutes left. Well, I was just piggyback on what you were saying. You know, there's no shame in reporting something, right? Um, Even if you don't know what's going on, you're not trained to look at signs of abuse. But if you think that you see something, it's really important to say something. And, you know, uh, you know, we talk bad about the government a lot, but, you know, the, every state has an adult protective services division. And I would really encourage you, if you think that someone's being exploited either uh, financially or you think that there's signs of physical abuse or you just don't know, but you know something's not right, I would really encourage you to call adult protective services. Yeah, get a pen and a pencil, you know, piece of paper. I'm going to give you some numbers here in a few minutes. We'll do that. I think that's a great idea. And, you know, in a previous life, I worked in the social service realm. And I can tell you, as one who was a mandatory reporter and had to call these numbers on a regular basis, they do take them very seriously and they vet these calls thoroughly. So, again, even if you're not sure that something's going on, you know, it's it's a good practice to report it because they'll know and they'll they'll vet it thoroughly. And if something's going on, they'll, they'll let you know and they'll take care of it. That's a great point. They'll vet it thoroughly. They will let you know. Don't don't hesitate. You know, we had a little scare of a fire the other day in the building. Having burned the building down in 2010, that's a big deal. And the person called 911. We had fire trucks all over the place. It was nothing. It turned out to be a curling iron that got a little hot in one of the tenants at the building. The reality is better safe than sorry. It's better to call and be wrong than to be right and not call at all. Not call. Exactly. Rob, the deal behind this financial meltdown summarize it and, you know, tell us what biggest issues we should be thinking about. Absolutely. Yeah. The, the, the uh, fear that happens is when you started the show today uh, is to just to look back over our shoulders again and say, you know what, I've seen this before and we've gone through it and we're going to get through this. So all I have to do is put faith to work and don't get fear taking care of you. Wow. That's great. Just watch out for your loved ones. Watch out for your friends and your family. The number one thing you can do is watch out for your people. 
Well, I want to thank my guests, Daniel Irwin, Rob Clement, and Shannon Dyson. If you have questions for Daniel, Rob, or Shannon, you can reach them at 901-757-5757. That telephone number I talked about a few minutes ago, or Daniel did, where you can reach out and talk to somebody, report something you see in financial abuse, 888-277-8366. Or you can call us at the office at 901-757-5757. We'll get you connected. Next week, my guest, Jim Whitehead. We're going to talk about divorce and money. Frank Lacarico will be with us talking about college education, and Scott Jordan will be back. Fundamentals of fun of money management. That's important. That's Saturday morning at 7 a.m. and Sunday at 12 noon. If you have questions, don't hesitate. Remember, send them to talk money at shoemakerfinancial.com. Let me tell you one more time. Saturday morning at 7, Sunday at 12 noon. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate it. We're here every week helping you make the most of your money. I'm Jim Shoemaker. This is Talk Money. Neither Jim Shoemaker Financial or Securian Financial Services are affiliated with Daniel Irwin or the Better Business Bureau Mid-South. The views and opinions expressed are those of Daniel Irwin only and have not been presented on behalf of or endorsed by Securian Financial Services Incorporated or Shoemaker Financial. Financial advisors do not provide specific tax and legal advice and this information should not be considered as such. You should always consult your tax and legal advisor regarding your own specific tax and legal situation. Talk Money is heard every Saturday morning at 7. This has been Talk Money with Jim Shoemaker, helping you make the most of your money on News Talk 98.9. Jim Shoemaker is a registered representative and investment advisor representative of Securian Financial Services Incorporated. Securities dealer, member FINRA SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Rob Clement is a registered representative of Securian Financial Services Incorporated. Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated. Helping you make the most of your money. It's time for Talk Money. Now, your host, Jim Shoemaker. Whether you're a baby boomer or a millennial, it doesn't seem to matter. A common concern is always money. I'm Jim Shoemaker. This is Talk Money. Well, we have a program today that absolutely is going to give you some insight into some subject I think that we all struggle with. Number one, health insurance. A couple of weeks ago, we had Shannon Dyson on the program and we talked about why is my insurance costing me so much and he has some things that's going on and he's going to start the program with that and then I'm privileged to have Rob Clement and Daniel Orwin. We're going to talk about scams for the elderly. We're going to talk about fundamentals and how to survive this financial crisis and all the problems and the issues and we actually may do a history lesson for you today a little bit just to kind of give you some insight into what to do when all the problems that you listen to on the media and uh, it seems to create a lot of emotions. We'll talk about that. But first up, Shannon Dyson to help us understand why is it costing us so much for insurance cost and medical insurance, you know, the medical insurance, but also just medical cost. Shannon, we did a program a couple of weeks ago and talked about this. And literally, I there were so many comments about it. I want to get some insight into it. Let's start off with why. Just the whole bottom line. Why? Great question. Let's see, if, <laughs> let's see if we can dive. That's a one-word question. It's Why? A, it's a great question. Um, I think everybody, nobody is immune to uh, prices rising on healthcare. I think if you ask any uh, employer, any any person that has health insurance, uh, could you would you like a lower 
health insurance rate? I think the answer would probably be I yes. think I could figure that question out. Maybe, you know, that's only a quick can one, ask word, one word question, but that answer is yes. That's yeah, a one, that, and one word answer. That would be yes. Um, one of the things that, one, there's three main reasons that you see healthcare uh, increasing. Uh, the first, the first main reason is this, there's a legislative disincentive, and it, you know, when the Affordable Care Act uh, was passed back in 20, gosh, how long has it been? Well, uh, 2020. 2011, 2012. 2011? Oh, I mean, you're talking about, oh, talking about Obama on, Act. I'm yes, sorry. Yeah, yes. okay. So, you know, hey, that was yesterday. So don't when, ask me to remember things when that, yesterday. When that was passed, they put this provision, uh, the MLR, medical loss ratio mm -hmm. provision, uh, and it basically says that an insurance company must spend at least 85% of the dollars that they get in premium. They have to spend at least 85% on claims. So it sounds like a great idea. You, we're making the insurance carrier spend 85%. 85%. Uh, what it does, though, is it gives 15% for those insurance carriers to retain. So where is the incentive to lower premiums? If I'm getting to keep, as an insurance carrier, 15% of every dollar that comes in for cost of doing business, for admin, for whatever I'm keeping it for, if my rates go down, so does my 15%. So if you look at over a four-year period of time, 10% rate increases year over year for four years, you're going you're gonna to look and see an insurance carrier is retaining much more money because they're getting a percentage of what the, what the employer is spending. But you know, Shannon, when you think about it, if I told you only a part of that and said 85% of every dollar you spend is going to go to your health care. We're care holding company. feet to the fire. Oh, We're making them man, pay. This it is sounds great. great. Yeah. But at the end of the day, if you, if you take a quick example of uh, an employer paying $850,000 a year in premiums for their company back in 2018. If you say 10%, which is a modest increase over the next four years, uh, the insurance company gets to retain 220000 in 2022 versus the 150,000 they're retaining in 2018. Yeah, so there's no incentive there. Yeah, that's the problem. There's no incentive, then that's the issue. Let's talk about something that I think everybody kind of knows is on the table, but we don't have a we don't desire to talk about it because it points fingers. Now, I want everybody to look, listening. We're not pointing fingers at anybody. We're just saying this is a problem, trying to figure it out. And there are some changes, and you're talking about some of those changes in a few minutes. But first of all, just the thought of transparency. Yeah, transparency when you're when you're thinking through healthcare. Uh, again, if you asked somebody off the street who has a health plan, hey, how much does it cost you to go in and get a uh, a blood test done at your doctor's office, or how much does an X-ray cost? Uh, nobody knows. Matter of fact, if you go into a doctor's office and ask them, hey, I have Blue Cross Blue Shield, or I have Cigna, or I have Aetna, or I have United Healthcare, uh, how much does it cost me to get a, a blood test or an or a, um, exam? They don't have the answer to that question. So there has been no transparency in medical pricing for as long as, as we can remember, for as long as healthcare has been in existence. Do you find that is now beginning to almost, I won't say a rebellious mindset, but I just had someone recently that went into the hospital for a fall. They spent a night in the emergency room. The family found a room and they couldn't, they, you know, they, they couldn't get a room upstairs or whatever they, they would be permanently there. Uh, they finally got him up there about two o'clock and dismissed him at three. 
but he got charged for a room for all day. Right. I'm not saying that that's, I'm not, you know, I'm not picking on anybody. I'm not going to tell you where that hospital was, whether it was in this city or another city. The point is, that's almost, and his caregiver in this particular situation was like, I'm upset because we didn't have to do that. I mean, you don't understand? Is that part of this transparency issue? Well, part of that is that, you know, the the person in in question may have had a a $250 deductible, a $500 deductible, whatever the deductible was, that's not the transparency problem. The problem is if he was charged for the for the full day or two days or whatever he was charged for, he has no idea what that cost was because the insurance carrier picked up that cost, right? right? So there's no transparency in that. So it was just paid. Probably shouldn't have been paid as much as it was, but it, but it was. And that's why healthcare continues to go up. If you look at, there's a, a, st- a couple of studies that we looked at um, in, in Pennsylvania, um, and for just an, a knee surgery. And there are five of the same hospitals, they're called UPMC hospitals in, in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Um, there were, the, the price for a knee surgery ranged from 45000 to $95,000. And so we're talking about all the part same, of the same network. all part of the same network of hospitals. And so when you're thinking through- Wait a minute now, I want to make sure I heard that. Forty-five to ninety. Same procedure, same diagnostic code, same everything, uh, just a different price at the same network of hospitals. And so when you think about the PPO network, um, and you have a, you know, you're at your job and they say, here's your network of hospitals that you can go to. Uh, you have to go get a knee surgery, shoulder surgery, whatever that may be. Um, and you're just told, all right, make sure your doctor and your hospital are in network and you can go anywhere you want. Well, if that's the case, and there's a range of 45000 to $90,000 between the same hospital system, it makes a big difference where I go. But I don't know that. There's no transparency for me to see how much does it cost here versus the other place. All right, just the thought in my mind would be, okay, for $45,000, I get a B-grade knee surgery. For $90,000, I got to get the Cadillac. Is, is that, I mean, that's just my mindset. Is that the right way of thinking about it? Or is it... What? How, come on! You would Shannon. think you would think so, but in this in this case, the more you pay does not mean the, 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 better. the better result. <laughs> no, and, and there, you contrast that with um, a system where somebody would call five different hospitals and ask them, "Hey, what what does it charge? What do you charge for this diagnostic procedure code? What are your outcomes? Give me some information on how the people that have had this same surgery in your hospital, how have they fared after the surgery?" Um, you think through those, that's what we should be doing, uh, but there's just not enough transparency in the system today to allow anyone to be able to do that. If you just tuned in, my guest is Shannon Dyson. He's the vice president of Shoemaker Insurance Solutions, and uh, it's, a, it's really probably one of the most uh, knowledgeable of what's going on with this transparency in this industry and what's actually happening with medical insurance and, and, and the idea of what we have to think about in the future. It cannot continue to be running down the fast track. There's a collision somewhere out here. I think the Affordable Care Act, we've got it back 2011. Affordable Care Act was supposed to correct some of this. It did some things right, some things not so good. And we seem to be creating even additional problems. So, Shannon, in, in the, you know, the remaining part of the program, tell us wh- where are we headed? What do we got to do? What about the PPO network idea? Yeah, so one thing I'll hit real quick before I go to, the, to number three was that we are making some steps. So there are some transparency laws that have been passed. And so July 1 of this year starts some 
hospitals and doctors' offices are having to disclose prices for procedures. Actually, put those out for the for the public to actually see. And that's going to continue through next year. So that's a step in the right direction. That's July sure. of this year. July of this year through January 2023. Other steps will be in place as well. All right, let's go back to July of 2022. This year, explain it one more time. Anybody listening needs to be. I'm afraid what happens. We just don't get involved. Yeah, we just pay it if my insurance, we don't think about it. How would you instruct someone to say, look at this, it does make a difference, and it's it's basically a managing thing. Manage what's going on with your health care. Yeah, just know that uh, the steps that are being put in place, uh, insurance carriers are going to have to post you know, procedure codes and costs for those procedures on their website um, starting in, in July and moving through January of next year. Uh, so many of the things that we have no idea what it costs, we can actually look that information up. Uh, we're just going to have to be as as consumers uh, vigilant in how we how we do this. If we want to see pricing overall come down, the only way to get pricing to come down is to make better decisions. Now we have not had the info to make those decisions in the past. Hopefully, as we get more and more information, we'll be able to make better decisions. Shannon, you look out this three, five years. You've been in this industry now for almost 20 years. Talk about what you see with this with this, this beginning to be a change. And again, it's like we're tweaking it because we can't really destroy it and try to rebuild it. So what would you see us looking at in three to five well, years? I think, I think the, the transparency issue is, is number one. We have to know what things cost. If you don't know what something costs, there's no way to control. If you're just choosing a number out of a hat and hoping it's the best price, right? And, and obviously, if you don't know, then next year when your price goes up, your premium goes up, it's because, well, you chose the most expensive one to down there. And you had no idea. Right. Uh, and the, the I think the other thing is understanding uh, PPO networks and what goes into those. All right, explain uh, that to us. So in healthcare, there's basically four, four numbers. Uh, there's two of them that are real numbers that we can actually, those are actual numbers. And then two of them, I'm going to use the word fake. I mean, it's it's a little harsh, but I think I can I think I can use the wow, word fake here. Wow, that's a fake um, news. <laughs> uh, you know, we we could play off that word for a long time. Let me. Okay, fake. I got fake. it. We're going to go. My with medical fake. coverage is fake. Uh oh, There's, that's not good. Yeah, I got so it. So the the first the first real number is the provider cost. So it costs a provider a certain dollar amount to perform procedures. Cost of doing it costs them cost a certain amount. Business. That okay. is a real number. All right. Uh, Medicare reimbursement, what Medicare reimburses for each diagnostic code, that is a real number. If I put this code procedure, Medicare is going to reimburse this amount. That's a real number. Uh, now, the two numbers that aren't so aren't so real uh, is what's called the charge master. So this is what your doctor or hospital bills you for the service. So they're billing you a, a, a cost of service. This is not a, a real number. This is not what it costs them. This is what they are charging the hospital, okay, or charging the insurance carrier. Then the other number that is not so real is the network discount. The network discount from your major carriers are a negotiated reduction off of that charge master charge. So if I am a physician, a hospital, and I'm saying, okay, we have to come do a CT scan, for this person. There is a real cost to that CT scan, but I guarantee you that is not the cost that they are billing the insurance carrier, right? Okay, and then I'm you've confused. Got, <laughs> and then you've got a, a PPO discount that is off of that charge, which means the doctor hospital is getting paid a lesser amount. So where's the incentive to keep pricing, keep pricing down? 
You see what I'm saying? So I, there's a there's an issue there with inflation of prices because we know we're getting our our number discounted and we're only going to get the bottom line number. So let's raise that price, take that discount so we're getting more money. Uh, and that's the problem. It's kind of like putting something on sale, but before you put it on sale, you raise the price. That, it's exactly <laughs> like that. It's, it's that's, Hey, that's pretty good I for me. I save so much money because of this 10% <laughs> yeah, discount. Right. In fact, I go to the store because it's on sale. Correct. But the reality, so, all right, I understand it. If you just tuned in, Shannon Dyson's my guest. We're talking about literally how to manage medical insurance. How to ma- And it, there's got to be some changes. You've heard there's a change coming up July 2022, and there's other changes coming. But Shannon, because everybody needs to know. By the way, if you've got a question for us, just send it to talkmoney at shoemakerfinancial.com. Talkmoney at shoemakerfinancial.com. Here's my question to you. I hear it. I mean, the thought that there's this fake number that's out there because, I mean, I've raised the price. All that's there. How do I, 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 let's just say, I don't really understand all this. And by the way, I would think most of us, myself included, it can be very complicated. So I don't get into it. I just want to make sure my insurance company is going right. to pay it and I forget about I it. I get it, yeah. All right. How do we manage this? What's out there in the future? I mean, you've, I've heard you talk about managing people that are managing cost. Yeah. Yeah. I I think the best illustration uh, of this, and if you're listening, if you can, um, if you can use your uh, imaginary uh, skills as I go through this, because I, I gave Jim a a graph and I'm going to talk through, I know you can't see it, but if you you can, if you can just imagine with me, um, this is just to illustrate the, the absurdity of some of the things that, are, that is going on. Uh, there was a, a study done. There were 20 hospitals in a certain area that were given a joint replacement procedure code. And that's not in Memphis. Not in Memphis. Joint replacement procedure code. And so what this graph shows, you have 20 hospitals listed down the bottom. You have pricing along the left-hand side. So just a L chart showing hospitals and pricing. Bar chart, it looks great. You've got pink bars that show how much this joint replacement costs. And the joint replacement costs anywhere from $22,000 to $97,000. So same procedure across 20 different hospitals, $22,000 to $97,000. Now, there's a blue line that goes through this chart. And the blue line is showing patient outcomes. The higher the blue line, the better the patient outcome. The lower the blue line, the worse the patient outcome. Do you want to guess where the high, where, where the the highest patient outcome was? Do you think it was on? This goes back to what we were talking about. By a minute the way, ago. if you want a copy of this graph, it's worth looking at. <laughs> was it on the ninety? It's, was it on the ninety thousand no, dollar, or was it on the twenty two thousand dollar? It's on the twenty two thousand. So we're not talking about just saving money. We're talking about looking where the best service, where the best procedures are being done, and it just so happens that a lot of times those are being done at places with the highest patient outcomes. All right. You know, this is disturbing. It really does kind of shock me that we're into a system that is broken and we've got to fix it and fixing it. Do you think it's going to continue as we're looking at it and maybe just tweaking or is there there a change that we need to think about and how to change it? I think change is is coming for sure. Just not sure in what what form. You've got the the big players in the world, the Amazons of the world that are getting into the pharmacy part of this. Uh, We've heard people coming in, they're going to blow up the healthcare industry. Um, I think for now, there's going to be changes, but nothing drastic. 
Um, I just think it's it's paramount for employers, larger employers, 50 to 100 to over 100 employees. They really need to start digging in and getting a consultant that can look at these numbers with them uh, because there are things that you can put in place as an employer to make sure that your your group of employees are choosing that $22,000 facility instead of the $97,000 facility. And they can choose. Absolutely. They yeah. don't have to go to the most expensive one. They can make a choice. If and, you, it, and again, it saves on the overall insurance. So you could, as the employer, point your employees to the one that's $22,000, not the 94000 Great results and save costs. A great example of that is, you know, we talked about medical management companies uh, last time I was on the program. If you have a medical management company in place, uh, Jim calls in and says, I need a joint replacement surgery. I need to get it approved and where should I go? Uh, the person on the other line, the medical manager says, hey, Jim, yeah, absolutely. You've got these choices that are in your network. Uh, you have a $3,000 deductible. Um, if you go to any of these facilities, you're going to have a $3,000 deductible. However, if you go to this facility that has better patient outcomes that we see, and it's actually a little bit cheaper cost, we're going to give it to you. You're not going to pay your deductible. We're going to go ahead and pay that 100% for you. And so you say, well, if my company is not charging me a deductible, then how are they saving money? Well, you just chose a $22,000 procedure versus a $97,000 procedure, saved them $70,000. So why wouldn't you allow your employees to have better coverage? You can do that when you're saving that kind of money. Wow, that's a great example. Can you, can you I mean, that was, a, that was a great summary of how to do that. In your opinion, by the way, if you'd like to talk to Shannon, it's just simply 901-757-5757. Give him a call if you've got a question for us. It's talkmoney at shoemakerfinancial.com. He will get, you know, get that question and be glad to answer it for you. Shannon, summarize for us. I mean, you do this every day. You're talking to employers every day. It is a, it is a nightmare for some. What's your suggestion? Education. Uh, we have to, when, when this transparency uh, becomes in full effect over the next six months to a year, um, employees, if given the right information, more often than not are going to make the right decision. We're just not, we're not educating and informing them enough with enough information so that they can make those decisions. So I think it's taking, taking advantage of these transparency laws that are coming to effect. There's going to be companies out there that are going to have apps that are going to show you prices at different places, hospitals, physicians. There are going to be all kinds of things available to the public over the next year. Utilize them. Utilize it. Yep. Make sure that you're paying attention. Absolutely. If you'd like a copy of this, no, I'm just kidding. I was going to send them the graph. <laughs> but, you know, reality is it's amazing when you look at 20 different hospitals, literally $94,000 for, a, you know, this surgery and 22000 And the outcome is actually better. With that's the, the cheap, biggest. That's the that's biggest big thing. Deal. We're not just trying to save money and, and send people somewhere where they well, may or may not get well. Care. Right. They're getting good care. Yeah. Oh, wow. Great subject. Great subject. Join us. Uh, we're going to be back in just a second. But reality is... Give him a call. You know, Shannon knows what he's talking about. 901-757-5757. It's about managing your employee costs for your health insurance, and you do want to do that. Coming up, we've got uh, two great guests, Rob Clement. Daniel Irwin's going to talk with us. We're going to talk about some big scams that's going on and some ways that you need to understand how to handle all the costs that's going on. How of this, this whole idea behind surviving a financial Meltdown. You don't want to miss that. I'll be back in just a second. I'm Jim Shoemaker. This is Talk Money. 
This material represents an assessment of the market environment at a specific point in time and is not intended to be a forecast of future events or a guarantee of future results. This information is not investment advice or a recommendation. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. You're listening to Talk Money with Jim Shoemaker, helping you make the most of your money. On News Talk 98.9.